good day and welcome to Living in the Spirit in a Little Way, a podcast about striving to live every day by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Please join us with our host, Kerry McMasters, as he speaks of the workings of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. Hello. Welcome to Living in the Spirit in a Little Way. Today's topic will be part one of a two-part podcast. And we'd be dealing with the charismata of the Holy Spirit. The Greek term charisma denotes any good gift that flows from God's benevolent love and flows to us. Any divine grace or favor ranging anywhere from redemption and life eternal to comfort in communing with brethren in the faith or living in fellowship. The term has a narrower meaning also. The spiritual graces and qualifications granted to every Christian to perform his or her task in the church. And St. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, everyone has his proper gift from God, one after this manner and another after that. So if we want to take a close look at this narrowest sense of charisma, it's the theological term that denotes extraordinary graces given to individual Christians for the good of others. These are most of these are listed by St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And when we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, a charismata, The previous gifts of the Holy Spirit spoken of in a previous podcast, the seven gifts, those gifts are meant for individuals, for the development of an individual in their relationship with God. These other charismata are meant for the building up of the church, whether it be for the inner buildup of the church and governance or the outer buildup of the church as far as concerned with people on an everyday basis, those Christians trying to live a daily life centered on God and even geared towards those people that don't know God just yet. Maybe they know God and they don't know Jesus Christ. And it's through these gifts of the Holy Spirit to increase the faith, to spread the word of God through the gospel, and also to bring those close together to God that may have strayed away a little bit, and also to bring to God those that do not know of him, do not know of his ways, his great mercy, his tender love and compassion. And it's through these charismata, or gifts of the Spirit, that we have available to all of us through prayer and asking the Holy Spirit so that we may minister to the church. One thing that we'll be taking a look at is Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, especially chapter 12. And Paul had written this letter to the Corinthians 
because he was concerned about a problem with the charismata, that things were being abused. So Paul goes on to mention the different gifts associated with it. And he teaches that these spiritual things emanate from the spirit who quickens the body of the church, that their functions are as diversified as the functions of the natural body, and that, though given to individuals, they are intended for the edification of the whole community. So these gifts are to be used for the benefits of others, not just solely for the benefit of oneself, because in that case, we would become selfish in nature not wanting to use these gifts for others that they are intended for as well. Paul divides this list of charismata into two groups. And one of the groups being for the inner building up of the church and the other for the outer building up of the church. And I'd like to just read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 1 to 11. Now, in regards to spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. You know how, when you were pagans, you were constantly attracted and led away to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that nobody, speaking by the Spirit of God, says, Jesus be accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God, who produces all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the spirit is given for some benefit. To one is given through the spirit, the expression of wisdom. To another, the expression of knowledge, according to the same spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, mighty deeds. To another, prophecy. To another, discernment the spirits. To another, varieties of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit produces all of these, distributing them individually to each person as he wishes. Paul continues using the analogy of the body, how we are many parts with different roles, but we are part of the one body. So it is with the charismata and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Some people may receive more than one of these gifts from the Holy Spirit. Some people may also receive just one gift through the Holy Spirit. But I've seen sometimes in a prayer group, while with a prayer team, that there may be one individual within that group that has got a certain gift, say, with the gift of visions. And I've seen that when the individual that has that gift is absent, that as a group or a prayer team is praying over somebody, that the Holy Spirit many times will enable another person to use that same gift of vision that they may not have had before. And the reason for that is so that the Lord reaches down through the Holy Spirit 
to touch the individual that's being prayed over and to let them know that the Lord is aware of everything and is aware of what this individual may be going through as far as the struggle, maybe with some inner healing or possibly some spiritual healing as well that needs to happen. And so it is that too many times we try to set things for the Holy Spirit and anticipate how the Holy Spirit is going to work in a given situation. And what the Lord is really showing us is that the Lord alone knows what an individual needs, what kind of healing an individual needs. Maybe it's just a word of knowledge for them to increase their faith or to at least lift them up out of the depths with something that they've been struggling with. And so the Lord shows us through these different gifts that he knows truly what needs to be given at any point in time. And he will use any given individual that is open to the Holy Spirit to minister to one of his children in the way that needs to be done. We don't always know the end result of what is taking place, any healing that may be taking place, but it's the Lord that knows, and everything is in his hands at that point. Going back to chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians, Paul goes on to tell us that if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts share its joy. Now you are Christ's body and individually parts of it. Some people God has designated in the church to be first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then mighty deeds, then gifts of healing, assistance, administration, and varieties of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work mighty deeds, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret. Strive eagerly for the greatest spiritual gifts, but I shall show you a still more excellent way. And this is verse 26 through 31 in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians. What Paul writes about is so very true, and so it is today, still the same, that so often that if one of us suffers, all of us suffer with that individual. And if one person is honored, we also share that honor as well. But more so, we give that glory back to God, to whom all glory belongs. And so it is that we are Christ's body. Although we are individual parts of it, we are still one with Christ as the head. And so it remains today. That's why it's so very important that we reach out, that we minister to everybody that the Lord calls us to so that we will share in their suffering also and know that they are not alone. And through that suffering, we unite it with the suffering of Christ on the cross. And as Paul states, 
or maybe as Paul asks in these questions, are all apostles, are all prophets, teachers, do all do works of mighty deeds? Not everybody does, but there will be those individuals that will, and everybody has a specific role according to what God wants to give us to do. And it's so important that we surrender to his will and listen to hear his voice so that we may carry out his will that he wants us to do to help in building up the body of Christ, the church, all of God's children that are within that body. There are two different categories of this charismata. And the first category that we'll touch upon now is it will further the inner growth of the church. And the second category is the charismata that tends to promote the outer development of the church with the people. So as we take a look at the inner growth of the church, these gifts that are given to build and strengthen that, there are seven of these. The apostolate, the office of prophecy, discerning of spirits, the office of teacher, the word of wisdom and science, helps, and the gift of governing. In the second category to help with the outer development of the church, there are five of these. Increased faith, the power of miracles, the healing of the sick, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. So right now, we're going to talk a little bit about the first seven gifts to help further the inner growth of the church. The first um, charismata that's given for the inner life of the church is the apostolate. And that's at the top of the list of God's extraordinary gifts that are given to man for the building up of the church. And this apostolic office contains in itself a claim to all of the charismata for the object of its ordinary working. And that's identical with the object of these special gifts, especially the sanctification of souls by uniting them in Christ with God. So the apostles had received the first great gifts from the Holy Spirit when he descended on them in the shape of the fiery tongues at Pentecost. And then they began to speak in the diverse languages. So throughout their whole ministry, they were accredited with the supernatural powers by scripture, by history, and also by legend. The legend um, sometimes it can be a little bit fanciful in its facts, is built upon that general sense of the church. So through the apostles, the fullness of Christ's gift flowed on to their helpers in various measures according to the circumstances of persons and places. And that's how the Holy Spirit works, that depending upon the situation, depending upon the people involved, different things will happen. It's not always going to be the same thing time and again, because again, only God knows what these individuals need so desperately to be made whole and to be brought close to him. The second charismata, prophecy, is the gift of knowing and being able to manifest things 
hidden from the ordinary knowledge of man. And some of these prophets, as it were, were at times allowed to know and reveal the secrets of hearts. They spoke that all may learn and all may be exhorted, which implies that they were enlightened in the faith above those around them, their fellows, the people that they were talking with. Paul ranks this charisma above all the others. And he tells us to be zealous for spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues. And it appears to have been so frequent in the early church as to be considered a special, although extraordinary, office. And in the course of time, the gift of prophecy became less common without, however, ever disappearing altogether. So the gift was there. It just was not as prevalent in earlier times. And the gift of prophecy is to enlighten those with knowledge in their faith. And in reality, what happens is somebody whose faith may not be that strong, somebody who may not know the Lord that well, or may have some doubts about their faith, When a person prays over them and prophesies something about them, the Lord usually reveals something intimate with the individual that only God can know this particular fact. And so many times people's faith has been strengthened because this word through prophecy has been revealed to them. And it's through that that they come to know that God is real, that God is with us always, and that God does hear our prayers, and he is always watching over us. That's why this gift of prophecy is so important. The third gift, the discerning of spirits, should be distinguished from natural or acquired insight or a shrewdness of judgment. It is a supernatural gift that enables its possessor to judge whether certain extraordinary manifestations are caused by a good or an evil spirit or by natural agents. And St. Paul associates this with prophecy. And what he tells us is, let the prophets speak two or three and let the rest judge. And that's taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 29. This judging of discretion was necessary to prevent and correct abuses which might easily come in the train of prophecy. The discerning of spirits was possessed in a mock degree by many saints, and it certainly is not uncommon now among confessors and spiritual directors. And when going to a spiritual director on a regular basis, the spiritual director will pray. And we'll listen to you and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit at the same time. And is given this gift of discerning of spirits so that the spiritual director may guide you more fully in the path of Christ. The fourth, the doctor's office, was to preach and teach the faith permanently in some community that was assigned to their care. 
And the apostles themselves and the evangelists mentioned with apostles, prophets, doctors, and pastors went from place to place founding new churches. The faith could only be maintained by permanent teachers fitted for their work by special gifts. And these were the doctors with the early church that they would stay in a newly found community in a new church, the church being the body of Christ. And they would teach the people within that community. So it was their job to stay with them permanently and to teach them the faith. And such faithful men are the catechists in missionary countries as well. And that's how the faith gradually spread. The fifth charismata, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Wisdom is, according to St. Paul, the knowledge of the great Christian mysteries, such as the incarnation, the passion, and the resurrection of Christ, and the indwelling in the believer of the Spirit of God. And that comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And also in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. The gift of knowledge, likewise, implies acquaintance with the religion of Christ, though in a lesser degree. In Corinthians 1, chapter 8, verse 1 through 7, knowledge denotes the special knowledge that all heathen religion is vain, that there is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we are unto him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. So the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge seem to be degrees of the same charisma. The grace of propounding the faith effectively, of bringing home to the minds and hearts of the listener with the divine persuasiveness, these hidden mysteries and the moral precepts of Christianity. The charisma in question was manifested in the speech of St. Peter to those that were present on the day of Pentecost. And on many occasions when these heralds of the faith being delivered up took no thought how or what to speak, for it was given to them in that hour what to speak. And that's what Jesus tells us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 19. The sixth gift, the gift of helps, is a charisma connected with the service of the poor and the sick that was performed by the deacons and deaconesses. And we can find that in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And there were many forms assumed by this ministry. And finally, the seventh gift, the gift of government, is the special gifts bestowed on the rulers of the church for the faithful exercise of their authority. This charisma is connected with all the grades of the hierarchy, with the apostles and their successes, with the bishops, the priests, the doctors, the deacons, and administrators. St. Gregory calls the government of souls 
the art of arts. If it is so at all times, we must expect to find it endued with more special divine assistance when the nascent church was struggling against all the powers of Jew and Gentile alike. So here we have now the seven gifts of charismata for the inner development of the church, the building up of the church in the infrastructure so that we have some semblance of order so that we may continue to grow the faith, that we may continue to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and build up the church even further. So this way here, we have a starting point. We have a base established through the beginning of the church, through what Jesus Christ had commanded his apostles and disciples, and through what St. Paul continued with being an apostle for the Lord and spreading that word even further. And the faith spread further through persecutions that arose. And as the persecutions happened, some of the faithful were scattered. And as they scattered to different parts, different areas, different lands, they brought that faith with them. And that faith expanded. That faith grew and branched out to all the ends of the earth. I'd like to thank you for joining me in this podcast on the charismata of the Holy Spirit for the inner growth and development of the church. And I'd like to invite you to join me for the next episode when I'll be speaking about the charismata given for the outer development of the church. I'm Kerry McMasters. Thank you and God bless. (laughs) 